0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Joe McAdam is a conversation about music because Joe and I talk about music a lot. I want to say we've done over 50 episodes that are specific about music. Uh, We've been doing this show for a very long time, for 13 years, so that's why there's probably 50 episodes with Joe and I just about music. Since we've been doing this show for a very long time and we no longer are able to do it live, that will be changing soon, we have a Patreon account if you have the funds please consider donating at you me them everybody dot com it's in this podcast description it's on our about page there are tiers if you could afford to buy us a beer at a show which many of you did and I want to thank you for doing that you could probably afford to do this and if not I don't know your financial situation and I don't like to guilt people so this episode is a uh, loosey goosey I like it a lot and if you don't well we have a few hundred more that you might like here's the show I love talking about music with you, and I'm also trying to not be depressed. Yeah. What a, what a good start. Mm-hmm. Mm, for sure. So I'm playing my kid, all these bands and all the stuff, and recently Donna down a Ramones hole, and we already talked about that. But I was thinking about the most impactful music in my life. Was it a net positive, or was it
1: detrimental to society as a whole? Great question. So, um, and I I would say everything is detrimental.
0: (laughs) Who are the if you make something,
1: it's going to be bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who are the acts that were the biggest in your life that were big in both your personal life and the culture surrounding you?
1: I didn't know it had to be in my life because I was going to say Scott Joplin, but okay,
0: (laughs) (laughs) done, problem solved. That's a huge negative. <laughs> so Scott Joplin, number one with a bullet, Scott Joplin. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. All right, but who, who? since you've been alive, since you've been on this mortal coil, is it the band, this mortal coil?
1: I don't even know who that is, but probably. <laughs> I mean, if I don't know who they are, they can't be that, they can't have made that much who of a who bad were impact.
0: The acts that changed your life for better
1: or worse? Um, <clears throat> for better or worse um, so pretty
0: much any actor was or. important
1: <laughs> well here's the thing is it it's there's a difference between personally and then for the overall world let's go overall um, world and i and think personally. That,
0: like who was the biggest actor when we were
1: 5 years old
0: i think i know who it is
1: for me when i was 5 i was 5 in 19 uh, 1900 what was that 89 <laughs> so i think Uh, what are we talking? We're talking Batman soundtrack. Yeah. So Prince and Michael Jackson, eighty nine. Prince, Michael Jackson. Yeah. That was the biggest, most important era.
0: Now, are Prince and Michael Jordan net good or net bad for society as a whole?
1: You said Michael Jordan, but that's that's what I meant. Michael Jordan
0: (laughs) collaborating (laughs) with Michael Jackson on the song "Jam" from the album "Dangerous."
1: Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we were all on the same page. Yes, we were. Do
0: do you think I've said Michael Jordan when I meant Michael Jackson? It's got to be at least two dozen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It must have happened. Like, yeah, there's there's so many times when you casually say it that no one no one said anything about it. Yeah, because everyone thinks of the video jam. Yeah, and sometimes when you're watching the video jam, you're saying both names. And no one can tell that you're mixing them up, but you are mixing them up.
0: That's right. You
1: and that's right. yeah, and that's only you know that, but yep. you are you are mixing them up.
0: This is like when people say I, okay. Jesus and the Son of God. <laughs> you know,
1: it's like it's the same, but it's, yeah. you know. Anyways, that's I listen. I I grew up Catholic. I know all the all the the rules and ins and outs of the guy's name. Yeah. The the Christ the Redeemer, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, my number one number one with a bullet, three eleven.
0: Oh really? I can't tell if you're being sarcastic.
1: Detrimental. Why? Detrimental to society. Why? What a, look look what they did to everybody. They, opened they gave up a everybody group hub in,
0: Omaha. in
1: the Midwest that, that they made everybody in the Midwest think they could could go out and, and uh, change the world and be be rock and roll stars. <laughs> False. You can't. That's what they taught people. Hope they gave they gave they gave people hope. What so you're that saying was...
0: is Obama owes a debt of gratitude to 311 because without 311 laying the groundwork for establishing hope <laughs> in Middle America, there's no way. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. The I... family tree of ideas goes 311. Barack Obama is a branch of that. Trunk. Oh, for sure.
0: Yes. <laughs> he's not even the trunk. The roots are 311. Yeah. Obviously, from the album Roots. I think that's a 311 album. Yes.
1: Is it? It is, absolutely.
0: Okay, right? perfect. It's, yeah. Where's my so 311's PhD, the number one. All right, go ahead. It's 311. <laughs> See, I think is a net positive.
1: Give me a good reason. They're not
0: racists, and I know people... A good reason. <laughs> <laughs> They're the most, I think, self-aware band of that time.
1: They had a guy named Peanut.
0: <laughs> still named Peanut. They have a guy yeah. named Peanut. Yeah, he,
1: they, they, have, they have a man named Peanut. They
0: stayed in shape. They uh, played jam band music, but they don't jam. All their songs are still like three and a half minutes, but they get the jam band crowd. They get the stoner crowd, but they're not exactly stoners, but they're not not stoners. They get the skateboard crowd, but they're not necessarily here. They are the most self-realized. We are who we are, and we've been this way since high school. Let's stick together and keep our base in Omaha. And in a weird way, they are one of the bands I respect most closer to 40 than at 14. Where at 14, I was like, these guys suck.
1: <laughs> but I saw and them. now as you, as you mature.
0: Yeah, as I mature, I like, realize, uh, like, oh no, they're actually living their dream in the best possible way. They're one of the least sad legacy rock bands currently going.
1: Are they still uh, rocking? They're oh, yeah. Still they out still there? are
0: massive. They have 311 day every year, obviously. Um, and it's like a, now a two-day event. I think it's in Vegas. They have a cruise. They still sell out amphitheater shows in summer. And if they tour in the fall, they're still able to move like 2,000 indoor tickets every market they go to. It's super inspiring in a weird way where...
1: Well, Look at their. That's off to 311. Yeah, and they're yeah, still making.
0: They it's not necessarily like my favorite, but they do have one record which I legitimately love. That is an outlier in the catalog. Transistor, the Transistor holds up really, really well.
1: Um, I don't remember that one. I think it's the one that has. Um, is that the one that has amber on it?
0: No, the amber's later on. That's this is the one with beautiful disaster. Okay. This is the album post their big breakthrough record, which was actually their was it their third record? I think the breakthrough was their third record. The blue one? Yeah. Yeah. The Weezer Tribute album. So
1: Weezer, on the other hand to me, that's a net has a net negative.
0: Exactly. Net negative and also one of the saddest nostalgia acts still going. Even though they can move a hell of a lot more tickets. To we- Weezer, to me, represents everything bad about still listening to the same stuff you listen to at fourteen. Where three eleven represents everything good. Which, if you told me that, then I'd say, why are you talking to be old man? And also, you're wrong.
1: I would have thought it would be the opposite. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I agree with you on this. Okay, so yeah, three eleven. I think they do what they want to do. They say what they want to say, how they necessarily...
0: want to live, play how they want. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Addams Family uh, rap on. The <laughs> yeah, they follow the Addams
0: Family rules of being a rock
1: Yeah. They follow the Adams Family values of d- do what they want to do. Yeah. But here, okay, here, so here is my here's my qualm with a band like Weezer then, mm-hmm. who I grew up loving. First two CDs and even beyond I was obsessive about
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that I feel like they make music now to uh, to appease their fans' demands instead of what they actually want to do.
0: Ooh, I that's a hard disagree on that.
1: Hard well, how's disagree. that what, what do you got? How, Who are their fans? They they famously did a did a did like at least a couple albums that were like, oh you hated this? Well how about this? You didn't like that? How about this? What you know?
0: Okay. The, so I think if if in terms of fan service, I think there's like three camps of weezer. There's I Want Blue Album and hits from the Green Album and like Modern Rock Radio. There's the Pinkerton devotees who have weird relationships with people of other races. And then there's the current fan. And I think that there's no through line from all 10 records from Weezer that would make someone go, oh, yeah, I understand this. I get this. I love this. There's very few acts where from start to finish there, it's, it's of a whole and it's damn near perfect. But... The Weezer turns make the least sense of any act other than maybe Guns N' Roses Chinese democracy, but if you're following the path of Guns N' Roses, that actually makes a lot of sense.
1: The gun I mean the Guns N' Roses path, what is there? Like a how long of a gap in the middle? Like a They were just tired. They got tired. That's
0: the thing. It's like, what are you just, I mean, they never really stopped. There was always something going on. It wasn't a true break. It wasn't like, I'm Brian Wilson. I'm going to play in the sandbox for a few years. No, this was like, we're just, people are coming in and out of the band because heroin works. And one guy is taking over where it used to be a band effort. And he's still following his muse and that's it. It just it took a long time for him to be satisfied with the product, but that didn't mean it wasn't still going on. It's same with My Bloody Valentine. Like just cuz the MBV record didn't come out for nearly 20 years doesn't mean Kevin Shields wasn't working on it the entire time. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it was I mean, that's a long time to be working on a record, but yeah.
0: Yeah, because these people are crazy.
1: <laughs> and rich. Yeah. I mean, maybe not not My Bloody Valentine's not Guns N' roses rich, but you know, yeah. If you're really rich, I understand, like, not putting off your work. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. (laughs) I I actually don't
0: think it's putting off your work. I think it's just tinkering. And it's a situation where if I could always pay the bills and I don't need to make anything to put anything out to pay those bills, why would I put it out unless it's perfect?
1: yeah i mean you should you don't have to you can you can wait until it's whatever it's the most you know pristine thing but that's always i don't know now i think we've learned lessons from from chinese democracy is that uh all of your fans uh grow old or die or or move on or whatever and no one cares 20 years later
0: oh once again i Highly disrespect. They had one of the highest grossing tours of the last five years when they got most of the original band back together and they just played giant football stadiums. And they played pretty much everything except stuff from Chinese Democracy. So,
1: Yeah, I, but what I'm saying is that Chinese Democracy is the album that no one cared about. It you still did really well. No, it still did really well
0: in terms of commercial sales. It's just It was a totally different band. The, there was literally one person that was the same person from the first record.
1: So, do you think it's better to do that than to have made Chinese democracy like right after the spaghetti incident or whatever? Kind of, yeah. That was supposed to come out.
0: Yeah, I think you need to do that. I mean, it made it to grow.
1: It made it so you certainly, you know, it has a different, a more memorable legacy, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I but mean, like, I've never put that album on, and no one ever plays those songs instead of Paradise City or something.
0: I want to revisit it because I have a theory that current Axel is the, is the version of Cobain that if Cobain didn't kill himself would have been.
1: That's a bold statement. Yeah, I know. But I I'm not even sure what it means.
0: <laughs> okay, so Cobain was the most self not self-aware, but the most progressive, liberal, well-meaning rock star for roughly three years. He stood on the right side of history for every single thing. He stood for ultimately kills himself, right? He famously hated Axel because Axel said racist and misogynistic stuff on the on his records and to Kurt Kurt and Courtney, right? So far, Kurt's on the right side of history. Since then yeah. Axel has been one of the biggest champions of the left and on the right side of history on Twitter, even though his fan base doesn't necessarily agree with him. It's an interesting path, especially considering that in Foo Fighters, in the band, essentially the legacy act of Nirvana, there's a guy that doesn't necessarily believe in AIDS, which is the bassist, and then Chris Novoselic said good things about Trump. So, you got one band that was, in theory, on the right side of history, slowly eroding that stuff, and then the other guy's taking a 180 and becoming aware of his privilege and using it for the right side of history. Well, it's getting the, literally getting the band back together. That's crazy to me. Also, do you know who was supposed to open up for Guns N' Roses' most recent summer tour?
1: Um, oh, wait. No, I don't. The Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. that that's a, that's a crazy one, but I that'd be a pretty massive tour, yeah.
0: And that was the, supposed to be in baseball stadiums in 2020. That didn't happen for obvious reasons. So in a weird way... Is Axl Rose the Kurt Cobain of the 2020s rock and roll scene?
1: Um, No, that's insane. He's not the, the Kurt Cobain of Why the 2020 rock not? and roll scene. Because there's not going to be another he's a, one. He's an old guy.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. If Kurt was still alive.
1: If he was still... Not, that's, that's, that's the point of somebody dying... Early is that I don't have to think about what they would be like. <laughs> That's the entire point of them dying young is that I I never have to think about how they would handle talking about Trump or whatever the fuck the <laughs> thing is. I don't want to think about it and I don't want to know.
0: I'll tell you this: three eleven is on the right side of history.
1: I don't I don't know what their history. What do they? Do they say this is like get high and they be cool to
0: people it? and unity and stuff? be <laughs> fucking cool, man.
1: Yeah. Safely, like. safely pass that, pass the uh, joint, dude. Yeah, um, buy some of our
0: homebrew co- in, in co- Omaha.
1: Get vaccinated. Yeah, they're cool. Wait, so I'm going, going back to Weezer. You said they're on the through line with their records. You're like, what? You look at their discography. What is this? You it know, it's a no mess. Sense. After Maladroit, it's shut That's weird. what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly. That's exactly my point. Is that they follow the wind anywhere it takes them. And it's in a lot of times it's a bad move, and I don't think that is a result of a a personal or band ideology about what their sound is or what they should be making or where they where their heads actually are in the moment. I think it's following what they think people want instead of following what they're good at or what they you know. So when you're they saying they,
0: do you mean the band itself, or do you mean the leader of the band?
1: Probably just Rivers, but I don't know how the rest of I don't I don't know the ins and outs of how they work. But this, probably just him.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm assuming that as well. And you know what they say when you say assume? It means uh, you probably shouldn't have listened to Pinkerton so much because it's incredibly sexist and borderline racist. Yeah. Not
1: borderline uh, yeah, no, racist. I I've not gone. <laughs> that's one of those words. Like uh, you go back after like uh, not listening to it for like five, ten, whatever years, and you're just like fucking what. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um,
0: there's no reason for them to exist because I think that whoever is ultimately making these calls doesn't have any true friends.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That sounds probably accurate. Because <laughs> if
0: you had a real friend and being like, a lot of this is really good, why are you surrounding it with bullshit? Get rid of the bullshit, bro.
1: I Like, what would you... I don't know. There's... So I still listen to every single to thing
0: like... almost every act puts out that are that's part of this category, right? Weezer put out two records in yeah. 2021, and I listened to both of them. And there's one really great song on the first one that came out this year, and it's very much like Harry Nilsson, and it's it's great. It shows an artist that's sort of growing, and then it's surrounded by blah. And then last week they put out another one that's supposed to be inspired by Van Halen, and it's just a tr- it's pointless. And there are these moments in almost every record where, like, oh, there is some growth. There's a reason for this existing. But then it's just surrounding it with, like, sort of like nostalgia band practice, but they're not old songs. They're new songs that sort of kind of sound like (laughs) old songs. Like, what is this? What are we doing? Yeah. In a weird way, think makes me respect a weirdo like Billy Joel being, like, I'm done making records. I've made River of the Night. There's no higher pinnacle of art. I'm done.
1: Yeah, no, respect to Billy Joel, uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I, th- I think that some people are just, they, I, I don't know. It, the The world and every, uh, everything is kind of moving on from whatever uh, that band is, Weezer. And I don't know, like, I, do we need a revival, like a Van Halen revival act? Like, we kind of had that, like, ironic darkness era mm-hmm. where that was... Mm-hmm. That was happening. It's like that seemed like the last gasp for that is like kind of a guilty pleasure fun thing. Mm -hmm. But then you do it again. It's like a revival for a revival. It's like this is too much. We just need to move on.
0: Who else was a net bad or net good that was influential in your life?
1: Mm. That's. I'm trying to think of something that would have.
0: 311 and
1: <laughs> 311 am I <laughs> am I wrong about all three of them I, <laughs> I do I do I do uh uh maintain that I think Weezer is in that negative oh yeah I was, jo- I was joking about, I was joking about Scott Joplin because he's the oldest name I could think of you've changed my mind on 311 and I'm but I'm, I'm standing firm on Weezer yeah what are you? Wait. What are what are yours then? Then what do you got? Well, my thing was
0: Limp Biscuit, and I think they actually are a huge net positive.
1: How is Limp Biscuit a positive?
0: Limp Biscuit was roundly mocked almost since they started, so, and even mm-hmm. the people that love them usually within two years of their peak had been disavowed. So, the people that still like them, to me are really no different than Juggalos, and I respect Juggalos, and it's nice to have a group of people you like. They have little to no cultural impact right now, which is a good thing. If they do have any impact, it's the weirdo guitarist that might have exposed people to acts like maybe Faith No More or Mr. Bungle, and that's cool. And I think that they're a huge net positive because it shows that you can't maintain that level of bravado... And anger and be liked, and also now you might know who
1: Wu Tang Clan is. Fair, I did, it, but what about all the stuff that got broken? Does that not count for <laughs> anything? This this me nothing? <laughs>
0: You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. V- if you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody. Dot com. Our Patreon page is on our about page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff at sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping friends and family I'll be keeping won't